Hello and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I am Chris, back again with Patrick. Hello. And with Steven. Hi. And this week we are taking a walk down memory lane, my memory lane at least. We are watching and reviewing the film Circle which has been on Netflix forever and is one of the movies I saw in the catalog that inspired me to uh, get these guys to do a podcast with me where we watched every horror movie on Netflix. Um, so I'll let you know, or we'll let you know in a little bit if it was worth it. Uh, but in the meantime, until then, uh, we like to talk about at the beginning of every episode, what else we've been watching and doing and reading the horror world. Um, Steven, do you have anything new to report? Uh, no, not really. Um, we did finish in the book club on the discord. We finished reading Poppy Z Bright's lost souls, uh, pretty wide range of reactions to that one. I mostly enjoyed it, but the book club is going to go on a little bit of a hiatus for the rest of the summer. I think this might be a scoop. I haven't said anything in the discord <laughs> yet, uh, but I want to read something that isn't horror. That's quite long. A book that you two are both big fans of eleven twenty two sixty three. I'm so happy oh. by Stephen King. Yes. Uh, View a, it. A, a King cast read episode. It. Uh, not that not that I didn't want to read it because y'all said it was so good. Um, that yeah, we know. Intrigued me. We know. <laughs> but I heard a KingCast episode about it that even further intrigued me, and then somebody just handed me a copy of it. Like it was literally that simple, just out of the blue. Someone like, said, "Did you hey, know that?" Yeah, it's somebody I know. <laughs> the yellow not, card but, man, <laughs> but not the, somebody I don't know that well. I just ran into them in the neighborhood, and they said, "Hey, I have something you might want," and I didn't know what to expect, and it was that that very tome so excited to dig into it patrick what have you been up to horror wise well chris and i had a big shared experience in the horror world uh, in the last week or so we went to see insidious the red door with no knowledge i think wait or no did you see insidious three chris i forget yeah, yeah, but but yeah. three and four are not connected to, to this. right but this is this is insidious five AKA insidious three, three. (laughs) (laughs) And and we both hated it. Chris turned to me as the credits rolled and said, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I brought him to, I thought we were going to have a fun Thursday night opening night. Yeah. Opening nights. And and I got to say part of my perception could have been colored by the fact that once again, I found myself sitting next to the four of the most obnoxious people in the world who didn't seem to be there to watch a movie Um, who came in like the movie had already started, which, you know, means it's like 40 minutes past showtime with all the bullshit they showed beforehand. And they like walked past, they walked towards me and I was like, Oh God, are these fuckers going to sit down next to me? And then they sat down next to you. And I was like simultaneously, like equal parts. I was just like, thank God. And also God, poor Chris. So I wasn't, I was tilted the whole movie, but I don't think that was really the problem. I think this was just, the movie was just salt in the wound. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, Patrick and I have, have had kind of some lengthy discussions about it. And I think suffice to say, if you're making a movie, that's a sort of direct continuation of a story from 10 or 11 years ago. And the whole point is we're going to bring back those characters and their predicament 10 or 11 years later. Start by focusing on maybe in your top two characters 
a character who remembers the events of the last movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because because Patrick Wilson and his kid have both been mind wiped so they don't remember the events of the last two movies. Right. And so so you just sit there like watching, waiting for them to finally remember what we all already know. Right. For for an hour and 10 minutes, you sit there watching them be like, damn, why am I sleepwalking? Damn, what's the further? Damn, what's behind this red Mm. door? And we're like, yeah, I've known this for 11 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Please, let's start the movie. And the movie doesn't start till the end. And I don't know. I truly not even scary. Like the first two I enjoy just as like jump factory or jump scare factories. Um, And this low on jump scares. And when they do show up, most of them were completely ineffective to me i just kind of sat there stone-faced when they did actually turn up yeah so what can you do but they say there it'll be a long time before they make another insidious movie so well that's that's good i don't buy that because this thing made a shitload of money yeah how cheap the budget was yeah they gotta keep the product machine cranking I was happy that it that it bumped Indiana Jones out of number one in like Indiana Jones's second week. <laughs> Dude, ten year old Chris is going to travel forward in time and assassinate you for saying that. I know, it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> I would like to give a quick shout out to something good I actually consumed in the in the horror world in the last couple weeks. Well, actually two things. Very briefly, I finally watched the stuff at Steven's recommendation because there's oh, been yeah. even more uh Larry Cohen talk on the cast than than usual lately, and I was like, all right, I finally gotta delve into this dude's work, and that was quite delightful, and I can't wait to watch more of his stuff. Stuff, no, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But I also uh, really enjoyed a manga, a horror comedy manga, uh, recommended by uh, one of our Discord community members, Killy Tastic. I think is their uh, handle on Discord. Uh, they prepared an amazing kind of Google Doc of recommended horror manga that they shared with uh, the Discord. And I checked out Night of the Living Cat, which is a manga about a zombie plague in which people don't turn into zombies, but into cats. And so the city just gets overrun by by cats. And it is honestly beautifully illustrated. The artwork is really, really stunning. And there there's just a lot of very clever uh, kind of humor as far as, yeah, just the behavior of people who have now become cats and are overrunning a city. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Chris, what have you uh, been digging into besides Insidious... Four, besides five, insidious three, whatever the, it is besides insidious the red door uh the only thing i've watched is circle uh, what a so segue let's, let's get into it yeah great segue so circle it's the 2015 film which i don't i have i am only aware of this movie through netflix which i guess isn't unusual for our show but like I, it's not a netflix exclusive but it's just been up there forever and so i feel like it might as well be it's from 2015 and it was categorized under like thriller or sci-fi forever and then i guess they just added horror to it long enough for me to choose it it's a very simple premise and the premise mm-hmm. is in the in the in the little line that you see in the netflix catalog basically there's 50 strangers and and you you see this premise and you're like okay i'm sure there's going to be a little more to it than that no there's 50 strangers who wake up and they're all standing in a circle and they have to choose who lives and who dies 
And that's basically that's basically it. We find out pretty early on it was a it was a pleasant surprise uh, for me. We find out pretty early on that there's like an alien that this is an alien thing. Like they're on an alien spaceship, probably. And I mean, the rules are very simple. They're on these little circles. They can't leave their circle. They can't touch anybody else. And they all have some sort of mechanism in their hand where they can basically vote on who the next person to die is. And they have to make this choice every two minutes. And every two minutes, there is a uh, upon the election, there is like a lightning bolt gamma ray, something that came out of After Effects that knocks the the (laughs) character out of the frame and then they are presumed dead i gotta say it is more often than not hilarious when people get killed in this or get knocked out well it's like they're getting pulled off the stage with a cane basically like we really (laughs) don't see for a movie that kills you know 49 or 50 people uh there's no blood or anything there's no blood there's no it's it's not very horrifying it's just sort of the existential question of when it sucked to be condemned to death like this and that's basically kind of the movie's gimmick it's it's sort of a uh philosophy exercise it's sort of a invites you to think about i guess what you think about the world and values you know there's people from all walks of life in this circle and so we just kind of watch how these very archetypical characters that's a that is a a flattering way to describe them archetypical how they (laughs) you know relate to each other and and how they kind of arbitrarily decide who is more deserving of life than the others it's a it's a sci-fi 12 angry men sort of you know i mean i mean actually even the sci-fi part is a little questionable because a couple of people in the circle theorize they say they saw aliens but i was i kind of have my doubts about that for a while it is very conclusively aliens by the end of this thing i don't even think that's too spoilery but there was some doubt in my mind but they're basically all standing around like trying to they're making a lot of speeches and doing a lot of interrogations to determine who's good, who's bad, who deserves to die, who who doesn't. And, and what all, is good, what is bad, Yeah, you know. And every character is like a variation of the guy in the Dark Knight who stands up at the press conference like, things are worse than ever, no more dead cops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> these aren't very subtle characters for the most part. They all say things like, look, he's, a, he, he's an old guy, he's going to die anyway. Uh, he's a criminal, he made his choices in life, you know. And Actually, we should, I think we I'm should, thinking of the the finale of the Dark Knight, not the press conference. But we should reiterate, as we joked around a bit at the end of the last episode, that like the characters are literally well, most of them don't use names. A couple of them do name themselves. I can't remember why they decide that they shouldn't say their actual name. So the characters are literally called like the criminal, the lawyer, old man number two. There's one character called the oldest man, which I found intriguing. Um, oldest man in the room or oldest man ever to have lived (laughs) well but yeah you wouldn't I feel like you wouldn't really get names in this scenario like it's a it's a bottle episode literally almost the entire movie takes place in this single room which is kind of a brilliant conceit even just from like a production cost standpoint Um, but uh, yeah they, they most of them don't really know each other's names which you wouldn't in this situation and they also decide at a certain point not to share names I believe the reasoning is because they want to be very sort of uh 
objective about the circumstances of each other's lives and who is most deserving to live. And so they don't want to like sort of overly humanize each other, but just Uh to get into the strict facts about each other's lives. It's like names can lead to judgments. I mean, if you get a Karen in there, she's gone immediately. (laughs) Everybody's voting to get rid of Karen. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Karen. Um, uh, Yeah. It's like they don't, it's like for the same reason you don't, want to name your your livestock animals or whatever it's because they're like well listen everybody here is gonna die we don't want to feel bad about it because the first person who like introduces herself uh with verbosity is immediately struck down and everybody's like oh she seemed nice and what was her name and everyone's like all right we no more of that <laughs> yeah well and like you guys are talking about the uh kind of how we don't see any blood one of you know, I, generally, I actually liked this, but one of the things that bothered me was it was really hard to tell what the hell was going on, who was dying and who was voting at a certain point. Yeah. And and one of the reasons it was hard to tell who was dying is because I think the, the there may have been limited budget to even generate this somewhat rudimentary effect of the ray <laughs> shooting out and hitting people. And so a lot of the time you don't even necessarily see who gets hit. And it's mm-hmm. almost implied who actually died. There were multiple times where I wound it back and was like, wait, who just died? I'm not, I actually wasn't sure. I caught that too. There are times when you just hear the sound effect, the little zap yeah. or whatever the hell it is, and you don't see anyone die, which I mean, if that were done intentionally, it could be interesting because the film could be testing your own sympathies toward characters and asking you, like, who who do you think deserve to die in this situation? Mm-hmm. And did they, in fact? Well, it's sort of... It sort of, I think, attempts to do that. I mean, this is basically a format that's been done on reality TV and game shows and stuff for a long time. I mean, I think there was a game show that was very similar to this where it's like, okay, there's 50 of you and like one person can walk out of here with $10 million or something. But if you're not unanimous about who it is, the prize gets smaller and smaller. And so it's, it's, it makes for good entertainment to get to know people and then try to play your own games about oh who do i like who do i don't like who do i want to die who do i want to win etc um it didn't really work for me in this movie i didn't really connect with any of these characters they're all painted with a broad brush and and we don't really have a protagonist the movie seems to enjoy sort of introducing people and making you think they're going to be important and then killing them and doing that a few times. Um, so it's kind of hard to find something to latch onto, but the, but the scenario itself is interesting. And I do like the low budget aspects of it. I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of areas where the movie falls short, but like Patrick said, from a production angle, it's 50 actors on a stage that has some uh, production design put into it. And they are, uh, most of them were probably only had to do a day of filming, if that. And so it's very economical. I suspect that we don't see a lot of death, not because the, like the, the laser bolt hitting the person is hard to do, but like you have a lot of old people. They probably couldn't do the stunt of them, like falling down in a believing <laughs> believable way or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot we don't see. Um, it, it would be probably twice as entertaining of a movie. If like they all get exploded, like, like Dr. Manhattan in the Zack Snyder movie, and then, like, by the end of the movie, everybody's dripping and entrails. That would be fun. That would be my kind of movie. <laughs> that would have been a nice touch. Anything to keep this more visually interesting. Because, yeah, I think, you know, from, a from like, a cost-saving perspective, 
yeah, it's it's kind of brilliant to have this all confined to one location. It's happening in real time or as close to it as possible. But, like, it just looks so fucking cheap, even for how simple the set is. Um, there's lots of really like, odd and seemingly <laughs> unnecessary green screen stuff in this, like, to make the to make the black background look, you know, as infinite as possible i suppose this is like if the people in the actors they have like they found 50 people in the actors union who had to get a role this year to keep their health insurance <laughs> they were like or, right. or who refused to strike <laughs> we've got a project for you <laughs> uh, and i mean are you saying you thought did you think the acting was that bad is that what you're saying Oh, I, I, I mean, the acting is hit or miss, I think, for sure. sure. I'm, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's especially uh, bad. I'm just trying to think about sort of the thought process and sort of like the one thing, the one place they spent most of their money is probably 50 actors. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, why why do you have that many actors? 50 actors with speaking roles. Or most, and then so uh, many most of them, them are gone, roles. you know, so yeah. many of them are gone so quickly. It's like, wow. I mean, if you if you had to cut corners. Uh, you could have made 30. <laughs> I was going to say 50 is too much because there were too many people. There were times in this where I was like, are you fucking kidding? There's that many people left? And it's a short film. You know, it's it's well under 90 minutes, even including credits. But yeah, I don't know. There, there's, there's too many people, especially when like there's not any one single person. Like I, I defy anyone watching this to like really care about any of these characters to begin with. And it takes a little too long to like kind of whittle down the playing field. I felt this would have been better suited as like, you know, like a 45 minute long TV episode or something. I don't need to be Star- defied, actually. I cared about many of these characters, actually. Really? Yeah. You can't. Okay, I'll be curious to hear more about that because I'm, yeah. I'm with Chris. I felt that every single person was was as thinly sketched as possible. It's like your character is you're pregnant. Your character is you are racist. Your character yeah. is you know you're a cop, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't find them deep necessarily, but I still found them well. And I, I don't know. There's there's at least a, they're not all shallow. You certainly find out things about some of them that you did not expect. Let's put it that way. They're not very rich characters, but that's not to say, and I didn't really care, but that's not to say that like it didn't work to the extent where I was like, I liked some of them more than others. I mean, if you show me, sure. a car- if you show me a cartoon of a racist and a cartoon of, you know, a pregnant lady or something, I'll be like, okay, I like the pregnant lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's about as deep as it gets. But yeah, I, I do agree with that. Like there, if any of them were fleshed out anymore, this movie probably would have been totally unbearable. You know, as it is, it's a pretty brisk, entertaining watch. But I, I wouldn't say I cared about any of them. There were just characters that I was more eager to see die than others. I feel like, but that's, I feel like that's almost a little bit of the point, though, is that, you know, kind of like if you're, yeah, we're dealing with snap judgments here. You know, we're digging into. Oh, the podcast? Know, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I thought you meant like on this on our podcast we're dealing with oh. snap judgments. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the movie is about like what is the immediate decision that you make about a person's like worth to exist in the world based on, you know, very brief interactions with them and and how do those play out when they're you're put in, you know, of course a heightened fictional genre type of situation here, but that I found I found that compelling. I thought that was an interesting concept. And and it was gripping to me i it, it held my attention anytime that i got distracted by something i would absolutely run it back because i was like oh 
I'm missing something because something is consistently happening in this movie. I mean, like, you know sure. what? Every fucking two minutes, somebody dies. <laughs> yeah, for a movie that's just 50 people standing in a in a circle facing each other, it is rich with incidents. Yeah. But I found the writing and the characterization to be like like community theater level at best. I was thinking a lot that this would probably be a really fun stage play to put on. Mm-hmm. If you did this off off Broadway, it would be like it the, win the, the toast of the town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It would be. laughs> seriously. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very sort of universal. Uh, is it a morality play? Something like that. Like it feels like they could have staged this. You know, this could have been made fifty years ago. This could be a Twilight Zone episode. Oh yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a Twilight Zone. It's a Black Mirror. It's yeah. It's absolutely. And there's something, I mean, I think there's something that's sort of irresistible about the premise. First, because of how salient it is in reality TV and how many times this sort of thing has been copied so many times where you watch a reality TV show, you watch Big Brother or whatever, and like the person you hate sticks around because they know the audience hates them, you know, and then they finally yeah, and they vote know, them off and stuff. And they know how to play other people against each other, you yeah. know. And even when, when people die in this, they look not unlike some real uh, the way contestants are eliminated from some reality TV shows, particularly like shit, you know, these crazy game shows they come up with for Fox or whatever. Oh yeah, like I could see a show actually using that little little After Effects thing, and then the person just disappears when they're eliminated. Well, there was life. a show, there was a game show. I don't know what it was where they stood on trap doors and they they get sucked through a chute when they get eliminated <laughs> wow. just like this the stage is very much like this but then they go through a trap door and when i saw the artwork for this movie i actually thought that's what what we were going to get into i was like oh they're all staying on circles because they're going to open up and then like they're all going to get dragged down into like a sarlacc pit or something <laughs> oh better movie um, which would have been fun but you know i don't uh, i think we all try not to do this but like you read facebook comments and stuff and like there's just so many people walking around who are looking for a reason to say someone else's life doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was arguing with them in our in our local discussion a week ago about, you know, oh, we caught this guy on our ring camera, like looking in the window of our car. This is why I lock and load, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Oh my like- God. <laughs> was that the was that the kid who uh who who could the, there was like a sound from the camera? And he yeah. could tell he was, and he walked away. Okay, yeah, I yeah. See. Oh yeah. I, I didn't read the comments though. Thank God. No, the comments yeah. were like, "Let's lock and load." And I was on the. I, I, you know, you should never argue online, but I, I love it. So I got on there, <laughs> and I was like, "Listeners, if you could have seen Chris's eyes when he said that, it was something to see." <laughs> I was like, "Listen, like, like, what are you keeping in your car that's worth killing somebody over? Like, I don't care what drugs he's on, or I, you know, like, like, I don't. But they, they have all these reasons. They have all the, you know, they bought their gun, and now they have yeah. all these reasons why." Why someone deserves to get shot by them. And I so I think that's, you know, that's something about being human that a lot of people engage with. And that's why that's or maybe inhuman, I should say. I mean, I, I don't I try to not cast a prejudgment on anybody for that sort of thing, especially when life and death is concerned. But I you know, that's that's what I'm saying. I think that this sort of this sort of story just has tendrils that relate to a lot of stuff in our society. And I think, I mean, it's trying to, it's trying to do that too. It's trying to be, uh, I think, semi-political. Oh, it definitely yeah, is. More than I would semi, say yeah. 
the net effect is not anything profound though like we're having a great discussion about it and we will continue to but like you're not going to learn anything new about human nature from watching this well and i mean it's it's kind of similar to again twilight zone or even black mirror like a lot of the time the point well i guess not twilight zone so much but especially black mirror a lot of the time the point is just like people are selfish and and shallow and shitty and willing to do really awful things to each other especially in our our technology dominated world and i mean and and this may be this kind of going back to my earlier point about snap judgments this may be kind of like almost uh, i guess reverse engineering for the or making excuses, I guess, really, for what is, I mean, sure, not like Oscar caliber writing or necessarily performance either, but it was interesting to me just to watch. Because, I mean, as, as Chris just said, like, we have so many people in the world out there who are willing to just say, like, the most extreme shit about each other and be, like, so just inhumane at the drop of a dime. And frankly, I don't think they're actually like that, but just especially in our society the motivation or the impulse for all of us is to have something to say right now, like, and to make it as like strong and sharp and intense as possible. Are you really that much of a psycho? Are you really going to go out there and shoot the kid who's in your driveway messing around with your car? I I would really like to hope or think not, but we're, we're given to just, you know, kind of form these very quick, give each other these very quick impressions, very basic impressions of ourselves and form very basic impressions of others. And so I guess to me, even if it wasn't necessarily intended and was more just a product of, again, maybe slightly less than deep writing, it still kind of worked for me on that level. It's not to say, you know, there's only so many different like types of or archetypes of of stories and it's not to say that you can't like like reinvent something or reinvigorate something that's already been done but it's basically the monsters are doing maple street as like a game show or as like a twitter echo chamber analogy or something. for for those who are uninitiated what is the monsters on maple street i actually don't is that twilight zone i forget it's twilight zone yeah it's one of the like i feel like that's the one that gets shown in schools if ever schools showed twilight zone episodes where like a lot of crazy shit starts happening in this town and people start in the this little neighborhood suburban neighborhood and people start pointing fingers at each other and it escalates very very quickly until i believe they they find a scapegoat and it turns out guess what guys People are the monsters. We are the <laughs> monsters. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something that was like profound, especially for television at the time. And like it is like a, you know, a, a tried and true like social lesson that people need to learn. I don't know that this really adds a whole lot to that template, though, especially because of how kind of cartoonishly everyone is depicted. Yeah, that's my issue with like, I, I agree with what Patrick was saying, but when you talk about like, you know, how there's this impulse to just be extremists and to, you know, make these snap judgments on people, the movie, the characters in this movie don't give you a reason not to have snap judgments towards them. For the most part, it's what you see is what you get. They're all archetypes. You know, you have a cop. Would you believe he's racist? You know, you (laughs) have like a pregnant woman and like, Oh, you find out she's a single mother or something (laughs) like it doesn't really, there's not a lot of nuance to these character types in this. So 
I don't know. It's a, it, there's not really, I don't recall a moment where you're like, Oh, that's surprising. Maybe this person is more deserving of empathy than we expected. Is there? I don't know I don't, if I would say more. I, I would, there were some surprising twists to some of the characters, but that's I would, true. I can't think of any that necessarily made me empathize with them more. No, <laughs> I will say this. There were definitely characters that I was like more upset by their death than others. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't, we got a cast of 50 people here. So like, what's even, what's even a spo- it's, it's a spoiler when we get down to like 10, I would say, <laughs> but like, there's, there's a point where there's, there's a, uh, a Hispanic man who cannot speak English Yeah, and that, that, you know, that doesn't get him very far. And like, I found that to be, it is purposeful, but it, it is quite upsetting. Like how, how he is kind of saved for a little bit because a woman offers to translate for him and then she dies. And then, you know, we just know he's not going to make it because he can't, he can vote with his hand, but not with his voice. Well, and Um, yeah. And, and at least at the beginning, they are trying to make efforts to understand what's going on and maybe get out of the predicament. mm -hmm. Um, And so, it's a it's a they're trying to buy time for themselves to figure out the solution and then people who aren't able to you know help them brainstorm the solution just don't have a practical value that's kind of how that starts the other is there's so many people because a lot of them die very quickly because and this was the biggest surprise of the movie to me they don't tell you the rules of this thing Right. They just all wake up on these circles and then basically through trial and error, they figure it out. They figure out what they're supposed to do, who dies if you do this, who dies if you do that. And they basically figure out that this is a game and that they all have to play it this way. But they go through a lot of people just figuring yeah. that out. I was expecting there to be, you know, like a host, like a game show or like, you know, some sort of voice or something that that jigsaw them, tells them what to do. Jigsaw, something <laughs> like that. Or Jeffrey you know? Combs, you, you the weakest link lady to show up. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah we OK, well, he, I, I got a bone to pick about this, too. Like, I did feel like. This is a, uh, to quote uh, the band X, this is a game that moves as you play. And I feel like we never, the the rules kind of shift as it goes along, especially when we get very near the end. There are a couple things that happen where it's like, okay, I did like that they have to kind of figure it out through trial and error. And they're like on it. They have a time limit. But uh, after a while, it feels like, like there, there aren't really any rules to this game. The game just starts fucking with them. I mean, there's a I, moment where uh, like five people die at once, and I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but it that didn't seem logical to me. It's, I agree. So yeah, it's, I was confused it, in that moment too. Yeah, I think the I think there are set rules. I don't think the rules change, but it is unclear why things happen sometimes, and that's a big. It's a big red mark on a movie that's as simple as this, you know, and it's about one situation and one problem, and it's it's a little uh, fuzzily defined what the problem is and what the rules are. I, I was to con- be airtight, and I don't think it'd be very hard for it to be that way, honestly. No. I was confused until at least halfway through as to how the voting actually worked, because they vote through hand gestures, and they can't... I, I was unclear on how the hand gestures worked. I knew that they couldn't see who each other was voting for. So it was always unclear, like, you know, who was actually responsible, whose votes were responsible for each death. But there's like a little noise, a sound effect that happens every time someone votes. And for the longest time, 
it would happen. It generally happens as the like gamma ray is powering up. So there's always there's the sound effect you hear, you know, fifty fucking times, and then there's this boop, boop. And I always thought it was a countdown. <laughs> I thought it was a countdown clock. Yeah, but I thought it's, so too. But I it's people. Too. It's people voting. It's the votes locking oh. in. And I didn't understand that for the longest time until I finally realized that a couple happened in quick succession, and it wasn't like a rhythmic like every you know ten seconds or whatever. Mm. Um, and so I was very unclear on how the voting worked, I, I, especially because there are multiple rounds where if no one votes, the ray just kills a random person. And so there were a few rounds. It took me a while to understand that. And so I thought, like, wait, why did they just kill that like random person? But it was because no one voted in that moment. So it was I was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. So the the thing that did interest me and this is you know i I don't think it's a spoiler but it's kind of the the the, where the actual narrative starts to emerge there is a pregnant woman and there's a little girl who's like eight or something right amongst the crowd of 50 and they're standing right next to each other and so they can so they can conveniently be shown in the same shot when the rest of the group is talking about them which is at least 50 percent of the movie Right. Yeah. It's about 50% of the movie. And this is actually what I kind of like the most about the movie. Uh, they realize early on that like, all right, well, they're like, you know, I guess most people would say the pregnant lady and the little girl like are the ones we should protect at all costs. So they spend a lot of time killing people without killing the little girl. <laughs> Women and children last in this case. Yeah. Then at one point, some some smart character is like, well, wait a minute. At the end, <laughs> at the end, one of them is going to have to kill the other. Like, that's yeah. how that's the rules of the game. So shouldn't we kill one of them now to give all of us a chance at making it into the finals? <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? I they argue about this so much. It becomes like the literally becomes the story of the movie, (laughs) literally two factions organized. There's a faction that is for killing either the pregnant woman or the little girl and a faction that is not. And, and, and so much of the action is just organized around that. And I never understood the logic behind it. I'm like, okay, so if one of them has to kill the other, like fine, but continue, I guess, in my opinion, at least, or I guess on my moral rubric, continue to protect the, the most innocent among you. I never got, I never understood even from like a devil's advocate point of view, the argument for killing one of them. You know what? You raise a good point. I just said it was smart and I liked it dramatically, but now that I think about it, I don't get it either because at the, like no matter what you're going to be in the final two against an eight year old or a pregnant woman. And then one of you is going to have to decide to sacrifice yourself for the other. So like, so let's say you get into a final two and there's an eight year old girl in front of you. Are you like, (laughs) you're going to kill her to, to survive. I mean, (laughs) I I guess that's, that's, but that doesn't seem like much of a solution to anything. Yeah. Um, I I just didn't get it. What kind of caused the disconnect for me. And I'm with you. I'm with both of you on that, but also like, they keep talking about how they're they're killing, they're choosing to kill a person. It's like, 
Well, it seems like everyone who's eliminated, which is the term I would prefer to use because it is like a game show, they seem to die a quick and painless death. <laughs> Let's get if they don't know each other. Public relations, right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is I have I have considered it as a career path. Uh, in the, past. the people like, who are strategically downsized. No one's being killed. They're just being eliminated. <laughs> but but seriously though, like like from like a viewer's perspective, trying to put myself in the shoes of being in this room, like. Yeah, it would be like a stressful and terrifying situation, but like when people die, they pretty much just quickly disappear. You never knew them to begin with, aside from some random facet of their like political beliefs or social leanings. I don't know. I I didn't find this game <clears throat> or this experiment or whatever it is like compelling enough to really want to like follow the rules and try and figure out like what would I do in this situation. I would recuse myself Probably after about 10 minutes of listening to these assholes. Oh, yeah. We didn't yeah, clarify that. Off. Yeah, you can just step off your circle and get auto killed, which a, a couple a people. A boy does at one point. A couple people do it by accident and a couple as they're figuring things out. And a couple people, yeah, are just like, hey, I'll volunteer. Well, I my And I actually not even out of like sort of like my life sucks, but just out of like. I understand that my chance is almost certainly zero here, so I'll just make it easier on everybody and get out. I was just, yeah, I'm with Steven. I would just like, could not, would not want to listen to these assholes yap at each other for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> my. I would, I would seriously like either, like, realistically, knowing myself, if I didn't do that, I would start talking shit and get to a point where I got eliminated <laughs> very quickly. Which, My frustration after 10 minutes of this was enough that I would have started just spewing so much vitriol that I'd be immediately voted off the island. Well, but that's one of the interesting, most interesting things actually about this to me is that there are three just absolutely awful, manipulative, sadistic, disgusting fucks in this who become like essentially the ringleaders and they are awful but they manage to keep like turning people against each other sufficiently enough to keep themselves alive for so goddamn long and i was upset but not in like uh why are you keeping this person around kind of way more in a like yeah that makes sense because if you can talk fast enough and turn people against each other fast enough you can be the obnoxious piece of shit and still not get killed and it was disturbingly Realistic and quite compelling, actually. Yeah, to me. that's like that's a fast ticket to the White House, baby. Exactly, exactly. You got like a guy who looks like he should be on Wall Street, but from what I remember, is not a banker. Then you have an actual banker, and then late in the game, just like some dude with like long blonde hair. I don't know if we ever really learn much of anything about him, but he's you know trying to trying to turn everybody against each other, and it's like, oh my god, somebody kill him already, but then he manages to convince them they should kill somebody else, and they all stay alive for much longer than they should. Disturbingly, disturbingly realistic. But I found that stuff interesting, especially as it went along, like, who was kind of taking the lead, who was managing to control and manipulate the others, and kind of the way, like, the power balance would shift as it went along was interesting, especially after it gets whittled down and you have fewer pe people to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's that's interesting and you can sort of dissect it and you can try to read some themes into it and you can try to read some political intention into it like you know there's someone there who's a uh a marine in combat fatigues who's like handsome and like six foot five and you're like all right like this guy's got some advantages going for him like he's probably gonna be a, a contender here and like 
he makes it quite a long way, but not really. He didn't really have the arc that I thought. He kind of was. He didn't do as much leading as I expected him to, and people didn't really defer. You know, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't support the troops as much as I thought they would. Yeah. <laughs> But there's just, I don't know, the lack of nuance kind of bothers me. And, and again, you're going through 50 people in a 80 minute movie. What can you really do? But like, you know, you have the one guy who's like, you know, uh, he's all tatted up. He's wearing a tank top and then he gets exposed as, you know, oh, he beat his girlfriend. He's this guy's a criminal, actually. And he, he beat up his girlfriend, beat her really badly. And at that point, the guy's like. You're goddamn right. I beat her up. She deserved it. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, that's the dumbest thing you could have him say. You know, why isn't he like, you know what? I beat her up. It was the worst mistake I ever made. I can never live it down. And then, you know, then they, cause I feel, him. I mean, there are people who would say that. I don't feel like that's unrealistic. There are people who'd say it, but in this situation, I mean, you know, maybe he's depressed and he, you know, he's not happy with his life and he doesn't have any interest in saving himself and winning this game. I suppose that is that is maybe kind of realistic, but but I'm with Chris in that I was just disappointed that's the route the writers took with that. They kind of let the cop win for a minute. Yeah, and then and then he only loses because he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm incredibly racist. Let me go on the most extreme racist tirade. Like, like if if the only racists in the world were the ones who talked like that, we'd have no problems at all. Like, yeah, but see, I found I found that compelling too because like everybody's trying to appeal to everyone else around around them, and the cop takes a gamble that like there are that many unrepentant racists around the circle too, which I was like, wouldn't be surprised. There might you know? be because yeah. there's also a moment where somebody literally says, "Kill the black guy!" Like at the last yes. minute, right before the ray goes off. There's like a big decision moment where they're all deliberating, and somebody's like, "Kill the black guy!" And everybody does. And, and they it do. Was, it was again a very disturbingly realistic moment, and, and they didn't kill him because he was black. But again, interesting that that was how he was identified in that moment. Yeah, they do it because there's like a half a second left for everybody to vote, and they just do what they're told. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, people, it really do be like that. <laughs> I don't think either of you have been on a jury before, have you? No. No. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bleak. It's pretty bleak in a jury room. I believe that. Is it as yeah, bleak? Yeah, you've, you've told me as, about your experience. Is it as bleak as Circle? <laughs> um, No, but it wouldn't surprise me if Circle were written in a jury room. Yeah, and I mean, and and just just you know, people people will do what people tell them to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will get those strong personalities who it's like, okay, yep, sure. Well, not? why don't you do what I tell you to do and tell me whether you would view Q or screw this movie? All right, so I'm gonna give it a screw. It, it is not a. I don't have a lot of uh, animosity here when I say that. I don't wish any. And I I was I had very low expectations i was like all right this this looks like a pretty nihilistic movie i'm gonna probably hate this uh i didn't hate it and i didn't think it was made with bad intention i think it was made probably with good intention i think it was made pretty creatively from a production standpoint where you don't see a lot of small budget movies decide to invest so much on actors like usually you're supposed to have like two actors if you're making like a no budget movie and they said fuck it we're gonna do 50 60 70 actors <laughs> uh, and that's kind of charming and you know then they had no money for anything else but but hey you know you, 
put your money in the hands of people. <laughs> Why not? Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather them do that than just buy some like, you know, gray alien suits off of Amazon for a couple scenes for a cost of $3,000. But, um, you know, it's just, there's just not enough here for me. And you kind of spend the whole movie waiting to see how it pays off. And we'll talk about it in the spoiler room. It didn't really pay off well enough for me. I didn't really understand what the movie was saying. If it had a political point of view, it's just kind of putting all these characters in a pot and stirring it around, which it has some entertainment value, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more interesting stuff you could be watching out there. And I wish that the characters themselves had been a little more interesting. So screw it. High screw it for me, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, Patrick. Uh, I mean, I think on the opposite end from that, I uh, view it, but probably, you know, kind of low view it. It is consistently gripping for 83 or whatever minutes. It keeps up a hell of a tempo with that rise and fall of tension basically every two minutes there was interesting interplay between the characters and i was compelled throughout the final like minute of the movie is some shit that we will talk about in the spoiler room but i found this quite enjoyable for the probably very very cheap thing that it is and and kind of succeeded far more than i expected it would when chris read us this description last episode so uh, view it for me, Stephen. Uh, I'm going to give it a screw it. I think, you know, this happens so often, but I think Chris and I are pretty much on the same page with this one, though I appreciate Patrick's take on it too. It's just like, it's not terrible. It's short. It is pretty entertaining. I didn't really find it all that suspenseful though. I mean, again, partially because like the, the eliminations are so comical looking, uh, and the characters are so thinly sketched, but I feel like I don't have any contempt toward it. I feel like this was made with good intentions. I don't think it fully properly communicated what it was trying to, again, with that ending, which we'll talk about very shortly here. Um, that was a little bit of a letdown and kind of a head scratcher for me. But hey, you know, this kept 50 plus actors because uh, there were some other featured folks at the very end of this. They got to keep their health insurance they got fed, they got that craft services every day or, you know, for the whole day they were on set in some cases. So I'm all about keeping people working, especially union folks. So um, that's that's a view it to unions, but a screw it to circle. Hopefully they're getting royalties every time we watch the movie on Netflix. Everyone has to go and hit and watch circle 150 times this week. <laughs> so, Whoa, yeah, and each one of those actors will get two pennies. Three cent checks. Quick quick fun fact, actually, since we just brought this up again. I looked this up. So the shoot is two weeks, and all actors had to be available for every shoot, according to the Wikipedia article. Oh, well, that's a that's a pretty solid contract. So they're they, not just trying to be cheap and, like, you're going to die in the first scene. So they yeah. got to be on Two call. weeks worth of craft calling. services. <laughs> that that adds some weight, I think, to our conspiracy theory here. Because if you're making an independent film like this, you build the schedule so you don't have to have 50 people on your set for two weeks. <laughs> or pay them as if they are. <laughs> it's really hard to comprehend that like the first person who got killed had to be there every day. That makes no fucking sense. You know, it reminds me of when I, you know, the one time I acted in my life in To Kill a Mockingbird, I was like the, the courthouse clerk or something. And like... <laughs> You know, 
I'm in half the play, but I have one, you know, two speaking lines. And so it's like, we're doing scene 13. I was like, all right, I'll be there. I'll be sitting here reading a book, watching Atticus do his thing. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to go to the spoiler room and spoil everything about circle. But before we do that, let us remind you that we are available on social media. If you want to catch up with us in between episodes, we're at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N cast. And we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. More importantly, we have a very nice, vibrant discord community. The link to that is in the show notes. Come join us there. Uh, We talk about movies. We like to hear what you thought about each film. And you can go to our website, every horror movie on Netflix.com. We have a list of some of our episodes that we have done and how we've rated them, and a link to our merch store where you can get every horror movie on Netflix art on a cup or a shirt. Or do we have mouse pads? We should. Probably. <laughs> mouse pads, you name it. It's there. <laughs> That's every horror movie I'm on just Netflix. It's gonna go with probably. Well, and you know, everybody, I, I think we should announce this too. This seems like the perfect episode to do it. You know, everybody's trying to figure We're out. We're ending the, the show. What's the next? <laughs> <laughs> we wish. Everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what's the new Twitter competitor going to be? Who's going to take over the game? We're going to very soon, you know, you'll be the first to know, our loyal listeners, we're launching a new social media app called Circle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where the discourse is is going to be as you know polite and congenial as you can possibly imagine. Yep, um, and it we are only have fifty slots for our launch, so yeah. let us know. We'll put you in there. You want to be a beta tester? Yeah, shoot us an email. Um, but it but we are only accepting new users who match uh, very rigid archetypes and stereotypes. <laughs> so. If you're racist. Chances are you'll be in. If you've had children, or if you want to have children, that might give you a leg up too. If you've if you've never seen yourself represented in the main cast of a major network sitcom in prime time, do not apply. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry for that detour. Okay. All right, uh, we're going to go to the spoiler room and spoil everything about Circle, so go check it out for yourself if you don't want to know how it ends. Otherwise, stick around, and we will tell you how it ends in just a few seconds. Welcome back. We are down here in the spoiler room to spoil everything about Circle. We're up in the spoiler mothership, motherfucker. <laughs> Before we begin, listen, I, I want your I want your top five races, genders, marital statuses. Like who do you who do you protect in a situation like what kind of what kind of bag <laughs> what kind of baggage are you walking into the circle with? Who's your favorite <laughs> occupation? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, there was a kind of an M. Night Shyamalan quality to this as well that I only just now picked up on. <laughs> <laughs> wow my name's old man i'm a doctor <laughs> well look there's really my name's lot. milf i'm a porn star <laughs> oh yeah that was one of the more bizarre exchanges in this movie where some some weird guy starts berating a woman that she's a porn star and it's unclear if she is 
Ah. Well, what's happening there? Yeah, it yeah, was that's unclear. an interesting sequence. That so the guy, he's an asshole. He goes on a rant. He, you think he's going to get eliminated next, but he doesn't. He survives and then the his first move is to turn to the woman next to him uh who's wearing oh man, I feel like we need Jundai and Raphael here for this because like the 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 wardrobe in this movie was fascinating to me. <laughs> I don't think there's a single person that dresses like an ordinary human being <laughs> or at least like what their character would wear. Anyway, this woman is wearing this like kind of odd blazer that like is almost sleeveless. And she's a little little busty, and she's got like platinum blonde hair. And he, it, speaking kind of to the group, but like to her as well, is like trying to convince everyone that she's a porn star. Like that might get her eliminated next because everyone hates sex work, right? And it turns out that she's not a porn star, but what he's doing, it's almost like a mentalist sort of trick, but like a very shitty one. He gets her to like, cop to i think having an affair or something like he's just like just like sleeping with her boss or something that's what it was yeah yeah because he keeps harassing her about like who bought her breast implants yeah and he's he's like if i just keep throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks she's gonna she's gonna admit to doing something reprehensible that will get her eliminated instead of me and no i think it worked uh she did get eliminated and I mean, but like, and he got eliminated. Sure, I, I would have eliminated him for. Listen, if you're a guy who starts, why are like, we still saying eliminated? Let's not let <laughs> Stevens double think corporate speak <laughs> get into our heads here. I would, I would have fucking killed this guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying eliminated so people can't clip us out and then like then then cancel us. We're saying I that we're, that we're bloodthirsty killers. Chris Flat said he would kill an atheist. <laughs> That's, would that's a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this guy's character is. He's the atheist. Is he? Yeah, I think he got to have one. Got to have one. But listen, it, it, listen, guys, you know, nothing, nothing against porn. But like the guy who like <laughs> knows porn stars is a type of guy that always makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I mean, we all know Darcy, the male girl. Well, of course, Darcy. Diana, Mal- sure, but like the the guy who's like, I recognize you. In fact, I know your name. I'm gonna. I saw a ranking. Someone put together a, a, like a, a tier list of like a hundred porn stars, none of which I had ever. I don't fucking know these people, and I'm like, yeah, I think I a would whole universe out there of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I think I would tweak your statement maybe to say the guy who like knows mainstream porn stars. Yeah, because I could name. 20 porn stars off the top of my head. Yeah, I could, but I could name a few. Some who are famous just because their videos pop up all the time, and then some who are more kind of in the OnlyFans category. But but I, I hear what you're saying. This is a guy who is, like, addicted to pornography. He's got, a, he's got the- a Rolodex. He's got a Codex in his brain. <laughs> So, Codex. <laughs> well, so, we're, so we're, you know, we got this quickly dwindling crowd of, like, people who were last seen in the commuter with Liam Neeson, like on the train. <laughs> They're all, we've seen these characters before. One of them's like, I'm a banker. I put value into the economy. And he's like arguing with someone that he hates because she is a lesbian. Yeah. 
Okay, but look, there would be people in that room who would be like, fuck you, you're a banker. And wouldn't that be exactly what the banker would say with two minutes to yeah. like well, defend people his people are life. like, fuck you. They're like, well, they okay, are. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah, what I'm Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to say yeah. like the movie is fairly, I can't, it, it feels again, fairly realistic to me. I mean, what else are these people going to say? Well, in no the, one, in that I wasn't there. No one brought up the bank bailouts. Uh, pissed me off <laughs> because this is the guy who's always yelling at everybody about handouts and he's like i don't take oh. handouts i'm a banker yeah somebody does kind of scoff at him but no no one specifically brings up the bank bailout 2008 well maybe it was just this the movie guy being subtle it was it, it knew that you would get the joke so they didn't have to say it that guy is a shifty motherfucker because also he's shifty he is, as fuck he has seven kids and he uses that in his defense at one point i think he's making that up but then, then all of a sudden, he's ready to not only kill a child, but also a woman who is with child. Yeah, and he, but he keeps resetting, saying, "We're just trying to figure this out." You know, he's like, like basically, like anything I said before now is meaningless because we've all seen the consequences of that train of thought. And I was just trying to do the right thing, and I didn't know it wasn't the right thing. And I like him as a as a almost kind of villain. What other encounter scenarios are worth talking about? Any of them? No. There's the one thing where it's like the guy's got a fake wife because he thinks it's going to give her sympathy and someone figures it yeah. out. That was kind of cool. Yeah, they're improving a little bit, but also it's like lazy improv because they never give you any details about their relationship or like, or I guess they're not afforded the opportunity to, but she does a good yes and because I think he's the one to say, you know, I'm here with my wife and this woman, she doth not protest and just goes along with it. So that was surprising, but it doesn't really add up to much of anything except that he, they both lied. All right. Well, let's get down to business then. Long story short. I mean, so much of this movie depends on what are we going to do about this pregnant woman and this little girl? Yeah. Somehow through just the absolute Machiavellian machinations this kid who is like the nice guy co- college oh he's the nice guy okay college he? I mean, he seems like the nice guy for a while he seems like the like he's he's trying to be like the yeah. angel on the shoulder compared to the other like bros in the room sure he's trying to protect um, the the pregnant woman and the, and the little girl or so it would seem right and so he comes down and Long story short, it's just the three of them. And he's like, all right, look, the shit's getting real. Like, we all knew it was going to come to this. Like, my life is forfeit, but one of you two need to, like, decide who is going to be sacrificed so the other can live. And the eight-year-old girl, who's just kind of been scared and terrified the whole movie, steps forward. Well, she doesn't step forward yet. She's like... I'll do it. I'll sacrifice myself because of the little baby. I want to protect the baby. I mean, what a what a what a sweet child. This sweet <laughs> child of girl. mine. Well, and I felt bad for this actor the whole movie because I'm like, oh my god, you had to just go to set for two weeks and just stand there and like cry. Like yeah. she basically has no lines. She's just really scared and crying all the time because basically everyone's constantly debating whether she should die immediately or not. <laughs> oh, what a what a great experience for a kid. You get to be on a movie set for two weeks. You don't have to really do a whole lot. Yeah, listen, last yeah. time we worked with a kid of that age, we put her in a coffin. And closed <laughs> <it>. <laughs> not for two weeks. <laughs> not for two weeks, but we did do that. 
<laughs> our, so, yeah. our shoot was one fourteenth as long as this one. <laughs> so so she's uh, she's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll sacrifice myself. And the nice guy is like, okay, you're very brave. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with you. We're gonna just walk off of this platform and we're gonna let this pregnant lady live. And and then the countdown's going too. Which again. Why is this how you would actually do this? If this is actually what you're doing, I feel like not. I feel like we're changing the rules a little bit here. But long story short. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you in a second. She steps off. A little girl steps off to sacrifice herself. The nice guy steps forward, but then he steps back at the last minute and votes for the pregnant woman. He, He like... The coordination involved. So girl <laughs> eliminates herself and then our our new hero uh kills the pregnant woman. Okay, so all that I loved. I was actually very moved by him being like, You wanna do it together? I was like, Oh, that's that's nice. Like he's extending a gesture. I was fully on board, didn't see this coming, and I think my jaw actually dropped. When he just reached out and fucking murked the lady instead as the girl was already sacrificing herself. That was great. That was gripping to me. My my, my criticism was that, like, if she was going to sacrifice herself, wouldn't they just be like, okay, like, we're going to vote for you and then I'm going to step off or she's going to vote for me and I'm not going to vote for her? Or I guess, I don't know, what we, we think maybe she wanted some guarantee that, that the pregnant woman was going to be safe, I guess, is maybe why they did it simultaneously. I don't know. It's just the the stepping off is a mechanism that they really don't use in this way until this point. And I was like, oh, I, I thought I thought when we made the deal, maybe it was going to happen differently. Mm. I think the I think the the fetus should have a vote in this. Well, and well, it, it does. Life. It, it does. gets life. I know. I know. One. I'm trying to lead into that. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the other thing. Then the t- the he's like, "Oh, I did it. I won the game." But then the like the timer starts again. And you see like the the little the mother's belly is illuminated, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "This movie better be real fucking careful about what it does in the next twenty seconds." <laughs> um, but he he kills he he kills the the baby too. Yeah, and wins the game. Our hero, our, our new hero, the nice guy, he wakes up in a in a gutter in Los Angeles. <laughs> this was and this was the part that the really LA River, got me. Right? Uh, amidst an alien invasion, <laughs> just like some some asylum level uh, UFO uh, yeah. ships floating in the yeah. sky everywhere There's across lots LA. Of UFOs. And I had to watch the ending of this movie three times to yeah. figure out what I was supposed to be getting from it. Well, I watched it twice. I'm still not sure. I quite understand what I'm supposed to get from it. I'm still not sure. He goes, he comes out of the gutter and he sees, uh, or the aqueduct or whatever. He comes out and he sees like a crowd has gathered and they're looking up at a spaceship, yeah. which is clearly where all this circle stuff is taking place. And it's just, you know, Random crowd of people. There's some kids. There's conspicuously a pregnant woman. Yes, it's he, a group of similar composition to the one that he was just a part of. Right, and he stands and he looks up and then he like looks at the pregnant woman and that's the end of the movie. Well, there's I think at least two pregnant women in the group. I I, okay. I think some Hot take. I don't know. I might have to roll the tape. Well, so and this is interesting because Wikipedia actually says he awakens in Los Angeles where he joins a group wrong. of people, primarily children and pregnant women, and then in brackets it says citation needed after yeah, primarily citation children. Needed. And pregnant is not women. true. 
it's not true because I watched it back with that in mind specifically because I watched it. And I was like, I don't get it. And I thought, oh, like the reason there's so many kids and pregnant women is because these are all the people who have survived and it's all kids and pregnant women. And then yeah. this fucker, which yeah. would have been great. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny um, if this is the the one guy who got taken up and survived because he, you know, without being a kid or a pregnant woman. Let's put but, it this way. It's. It may be more children and pregnant women together than it is not in this group. But at the very least, it's more pregnant women than you would expect to see in an average group of this size. I don't think so. I think there's only like one pregnant woman. And it's I think a, there's a, it, only one. There's only Fuck a few it. kids. Let's and then the, the rest tape. of it's just normal people. I'm checking the tape. I checked the tape before I sat down. So we won't have to do this. I saw at least two pregnant women. Well, you were you were drunk. You were seeing double. You got double vision. Yeah, so here's what I think it is. And I don't think there's any way to puzzle this out that isn't stupid or disappointing, at least. I think it's like, okay, this experience we just had, this is going to happen to everybody on the planet, or at least in Glendale. (laughs) So he survives, and he sees a group, and he's like, yeah, I could probably survive that one. I could survive that round. I just dealt with this. He thinks he's going to be taken again? I think uh, he will be because huh. he approaches the group and it looks like he's about to assimilate with them. No, I think he's I think he's rejoining. I think it's just your classic case of he's rejoining society now. The event's over, but he's going to always have to live with what he did. Well, they conspicuously repeat voiceover from earlier in the film. No, there are two pregnant women in this group. Well, let's just say, I mean, <laughs> it's it, there's two pregnant women, but like it's not enough for me to like. Be like, oh, these are all the survivors. There's two. Oh, yeah, actually, there's only four kids. There's fewer kids than I thought there were. But yeah, it is. It yeah, is. that Wikipedia article will definitely cloud your memory. That that's just totally wrong, as so often ha- often happens with these things. It's still interesting that there's two pregnant women in this group of what 10, 15 people. Well, they put out a casting call. We need someone to play pregnant woman. And they had like three to choose from. So like, all right, well, we'll let you be in the final scene. You too. Yeah. Yeah. You all get health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Because you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, the re- they repeat. You're going to have to decide for yourselves. Referring to the woman and the pregnant child. Oh, and he looks at one of the pregnant women. And she says it has to end this way. You don't have much time. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's, I still don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? So we were t- we told you we were going to tell you everything that happened in this movie, but we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what happened in this movie. <laughs> well, we, we know, know what happened. We just don't know what the implications are. Um, yeah. Hmm. I, you know what? I predict, I don't know. I just got a strong feeling. I predict we're going to have a G.J. actor in camp moment with this movie. I predict that. I Dude, I was just telling somebody about that story recently and how, like, I need to remember to try to be kinder to these lower budget movies because we got fucking called out. I predict reach out. that writer, writer, director, joint writers and directors, Aaron Han and Mario Michoni, writers and directors of Circle 2015, are going to reach out to us and be like, yo, I want to set the record straight and tell you what's up with this crowd that has two pregnant women in it. I welcome it. Come into our circle and explain this movie to me. Explain the ending, especially. Yeah. Like, I would love to talk to them because I, I feel like there is a lot of, you know, intentionality behind it and some talent and, you know, 
some good intent, but it's it's baffling and it's a it's a letdown. Like I I yeah. What how? Let me ask you this. Let me pose this question. Maybe it's a two part question. One, did you think it was aliens the whole time? Yeah. No. I'm I, with Patrick on that one. Yeah, I didn't believe the guy who was like, there were some there were some creatures, they were black or maybe dark green. I was like, you are crazy, dude. You're out of your fucking mind. I oh, when he, he was, said they well, were all black, I was like, where are we going here? I don't like this at all. He was making <laughs> oh. that up, but the there was the alien invasion, and that was corroborated by multiple people. I'm talking about in the movie, not what happened at the lake. In case yeah. The government's listening. <laughs> not what happened when we were camping. Uh Okay, so I was... I, I guess that's true. Gonna, I guess that's true. I was on the fence. I thought, I don't know who to trust in this situation. Like, maybe this is some kind of human experiment, and maybe one of them is in on it. And I don't know. Frankly, that would have been... It would have still been cheap and Shyamalan-esque, but it might have been more satisfying to me, as this is kind of supposed to be a moral fable, or at least a moralistic movie. And I don't know. I feel like that would have tied things up more nicely in a thematic way. The reason the reason I doubted it I think was because not everyone was on the same page about the alien invasion/abduction. slash Like a few people seemed certain about it and, but it seemed like something where like okay, if one person was clearly abducted by aliens and clearly saw an alien invasion, why hasn't everybody? So there was doubt in my mind. Yeah. And I forgot what the second part of the question was, but I did write a funny line down from this movie which was um, <laughs> Uh, the the lesbian who is uh, I mean it's probably her character name she <laughs> she re- she responds to someone at one point so aliens want me to die because I'm gay <laughs> and just uh, even in context I found that to be a hilarious like intentionally funny line I think that's brilliant that's well, the kind listen. of thing that just cracks me up. All all I needed was Parker Posey to be the actress delivering it. And oh, not that would be this good. person was. We got we got potential here, but I want to see this movie remade. I want to see a two hundred million dollar budget. I want it to be directed by Denis Villeneuve, and <laughs> I want all A listers in the circle. <laughs> yeah, and also like, I mean, again, I liked this movie, but. It's a better movie if you have like twelve people in this circle instead of fifty. Yeah. <laughs> just get twelve, or of even your just friends, twenty. Go out in the backyard, make a circle, and just fucking play an elimination game where everyone has to vote on who stays. We'll call it the Phantom Zone, and it's twelve people around a campfire <laughs> at night in Pinkney, and there. Once you walk away from the fire, it's just a black void. So we're stuck together, and we start to slowly be sucked up by a tractor beam based on our choices. Say no more. Say no more <laughs> about what happened at the lake. <laughs> All right. God damn it. What are we watching next time, Patrick? It's your turn to pick. Yes. So it would be appropriate to have the wheel of death pick. <laughs> frankly, the circle <laughs> of death. Yeah. <laughs> No, so I've been on a manga kick lately. I talked about a manga uh, earlier on the show. So we are going to watch actually a manga adaptation that I've been perversely fascinated by for a long, long time. Gantz O, that's G-A-N-T-Z colon the letter O. 
the animation in this, take a look when, when you guys get a second. It looks oh, I'm looking right now. wild. It looks wild. The manga is very acclaimed and actually is on the uh, list of recommendations that I referenced earlier that one of our listeners shared through the Discord. I'm not sure what the reputation of the movie is. I think it's not as well regarded, but I'm very curious about it nonetheless. The, the synopsis is teams of recently deceased people who've been revived and given high-tech weapons must cooperate to defeat an army of monsters in Tokyo and Osaka. All right. Well, that'll be in two weeks. We'll watch. How do you pronounce it? I think Gantz. Oh, I, I don't know, actually, but I'm just pronouncing what I see. All right. We'll be watching Gantz. Oh, <laughs> and until then. Like I said, find us online. Don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. We love those. We actually got one recently. I don't know if you guys even know this. Someone in Canada reviewed us on Apple and said, five stars, just what I needed. Said, I'm a horror movie fanatic and stumbling across this podcast was the best happy little accident I've had in a long time. I've listened to a couple episodes from movies I've watched, and now I'm going back to the beginning to watch and listen along with the gang. This podcast needs to be heard by more people. Love it. Uh, that's what we like to hear just find that on itunes or apple Podcasts. copy and paste it make it you <laughs> too five stars and love i love it. the i love the cars reference the band in the title just what i needed <laughs> need they're a cars yeah. fan and a horror fan they take after myself that's thank beautiful. you canadian friend yeah all right well until we meet again for every horror movie on netflix i'm chris i'm patrick i've been steven goodbye goodbye